Jalen in San Francisco Bay Area. Jalen's in LA. Uh, each week we call it one another and we just catch up. <laughs> that is the worst joke I've ever made. Sit on this crucifix <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh. This- stop, stop, stop. For you. stop. <laughs> Ow! Uh, that, yeah, I, I went there, Mike. Uh, I went there, motherfucker. Hey, hey Joey. Joey. Hi, Mike. Hey, hey Joey. Joey. Hi, Mike. <laughs> No one would ever go to this what? many sex-sounding gay bars. Down a spiral staircase? With a <laughs> dancing monkey? Seriously. <laughs> Did you buy dog Viagra? Joey, it was nice catching up with you. Go, go to hell, Mike. Hey, Joey. Hi, Mike. And hello to everybody listening. My name's Mike. That's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Joe lives in L.A. We've been friends for over a decade, and each week we just call one another and we catch up. Mike and I had a scheduled time to talk today, and I was a few minutes late because just as I was about to put everything together, I saw on Facebook that uh, Mark and Ed of the It's All About Me podcast had uh, tagged me in a in a post, and they met up with Jose today. Oh, cool. And I guess they said they took a picture, and they put it on their timeline, and it's on my timeline. Um, and they got up with Jose. I have no idea how that went. I assume it went well. They're smiling in the picture. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> what if they looked miserable in the picture? <laughs> and they still took a picture. They're like, "Can you retake this picture? You can't see my eye roll." Yeah. <laughs> you guys, like they hate each other. And like, well, we better take a picture to document how much we hate each other. God damn it. And I'm going to put it on Facebook so everyone knows how much I hate you. I should also point out that just before hitting record, Joe's like, so I'm really prepared, but I just really don't feel like doing this today. (laughs) I was like, okay, well, should be good then. (laughs) Well, I had a big night last night. What happened? I went to dinner with my friends, Melissa and Pat. They're a married couple. Mm -hmm. It was actually a last minute thing. And I was at my niece's soccer game and they were... they texted me and they said, hey, we have a free night and uh, we're going to have dinner early in L.A. And do you want to uh, meet us? And I was in Orange County for my niece's soccer game. So I was like, yeah, but cause they wanted to do it like old people early, like because like, they wanted to beat the dinner traffic. Ugh. You know, or what I know. Yeah. At the like buffet, hometown buffet or something? No, it was at El Coyote okay. in Los Angeles, El Coyote. Um, which is this really old school 40s Mexican restaurant. Mm-hmm. And actually, not the birthplace of nachos, but it's where nachos became popular. Okay. It's a whole other story. Anyway, they're like, we're going to be there at 645. It's not super early. It's not but, super early. No, I know, but I was just like, what? I, I was, it's going to be hard for me. So I'm like, well, I'll be there, but I'll be late. Okay. So I rush over from the soccer game and... I actually get there earlier than I thought. I get there like at 6.30, which is like too early to be there, but like too late to do anything else. And God forbid I'm alone for (laughs) five minutes of my life. So I happen to know that um, supposed catching up fan Jacob Bixenman lives in the area. Mm -hmm. So I text him like, hey, what are you doing? And he's like, he's literally at a coffee house one mile Away from the restaurant. Okay. I'm like, oh, I'm at this coffee house. I'm like, oh, great. I'll stop by and say hi. So I stop by and I'm talking to him. And I say hi. And they even, te- M- Melissa and Pat text me. They're going to be five minutes late. I'm like, oh, great. Whatever. So at like 6.50, I figure, I figure I'll leave when they get there. 
right? Yeah. So at 6.50, I go, all right, I got to go. And I get in my car, and it was maybe the worst traffic I've ever been in my life. And I didn't get one mile. I didn't get there till 7.20. What? One mile? You could have walked faster. I could have walked faster? What the hell? I took pictures and everything to prove to them. I kept, I kept, they, they kept saying, where are you? And I kept going, I kept saying, almost there, which is not a lie. Right. You were almost there before you left. There. Before you left the coffee house, you were almost there. I started going in reverse. And the traffic was that bad. Yeah. So I, I got there at 720. And they were fine. They weren't upset. But it was you know they thought I was lying. Right. They probably thought like, ugh. That sucks. I hate when you're early somewhere and then end up being late. That happened. Yes. I mean, that's happened to me too. It's such a frustrating feeling because you're just like, I don't know, wasting time. And then the time waste actually cuts into what you wanted to do. That's how. Yeah, exactly. But it was nice seeing Jacob Bixenman. Why did you say supposed fan? He doesn't listen anymore. I don't think he listens anymore. But he was, he, we have fans like this who like, they become obsessed with the show. And then I think they burn out. And then they realize how horrible uh, we really are. I know. Like, mm. But then once again, you know, disgusting me is sitting there and he's like, oh my God, like Ford models contacted me on Facebook <laughs> to model for them. <laughs> and he goes, and I went in because he's complaining about his, it came, he's complaining about his haircut. He got this haircut. And I go, oh, what's up, Tilda Swinton? And he goes, oh, I know, but Ford models maybe get it because they, they contacted me on Facebook that I should model for them. So I went in for a meeting and they made me get this haircut. And I was like, Ford models. Your life is so hard. The card company, the car company Ford wouldn't contact me, you know, <laughs> let alone the modeling company. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then everybody, basically all the 19 year olds are having better lives than I am. Remember Cameron, who I took on the tour of LA? Yeah. He has up and gone to Europe, right? And he was telling me about it before he left. And he was like, I'm going to go on this farm. Oh, by the way, this farm sounds so sketchy. Have I told you about this? No. He goes, yeah, I'm going to go. He has no money. So I'm like, you're going to go to Europe and with no money. He goes, I am going to spend a month on this farm with this old hippie man. Um, it's But I have to work on the farm, eat vegetarian, and take massage therapy classes. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, really? And there's um, there's cameras in every room. Yeah. And I'm broadcast on the internet 24-7. But it should be easy. Yeah, he lives in dude dorm. Anyway, <laughs> he Skyped with me yesterday from Italy, from the farm. At first, I was skeptical. Oh, my God. This farm is fucking gorgeous. Like, this is rolling hills of green, like in this old farmhouse. He lives in his own yurt. What's a yurt? It's like an, a big giant like tent. Okay. Right, but it's like really nice, mm -hmm. right? And I'm like so jealous of him. I would let some old creepy hippie jack me off to do that. Is that what he's doing, you think? No, he says no. He says the guy has a girlfriend down the road. Mm. I think the guy likes it cuz he gets like free labor. Right. So, interesting. There's um Joey, do you know what a continuous glucose monitor is? Like a no. So I got one of these this week. Basically, I have this like sensor in my arm for you can the sensors you can put anywhere on your body, but it like goes under your skin and it lasts seven days. And I have this little machine that tells me at any given point what my blood glucose is. What? And I'm obsessed with this. I like just love looking at all the data and like the graph. 
and part of it is a little bit weird i have like some weird issues with like um like romantic relationships and talking about my diabetes and so <laughs> like this is like a permanent fixture in my arm like so i felt a little bit weird showing rod kyle this week my little sensor thing but the <laughs> you have no problem showing him your big sensor thing so the uh, little machine tells me it'll alert me if my blood sugar gets too high or too low. Like I can set up alerts. So it's just sitting right next to me here. And if it buzzes, that means my sugar is too high or low. Has it buzzed at all since you've had it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Now, is this experimental or can anyone get this? Um, You need a prescription. But yeah, mm -hmm. anyone could get it. And it Now, are you only doing it for a week because... um. Maybe that's just what you agreed to, or could you could someone wear it permanently? No, the sensor only lasts a week. So oh, I, you have to get it every week. Yeah, I oh. have I have probably a good four months worth of sensors in my closet though. So I, how do you put it inside yourself? There's like this plunge. lube. No, it's you, like it goes under the skin. It's not like up your butt. It like is a it's a needle that pushes into your skin, and then you pull mm -hmm. the needle out, and the yeah. the sensor stays under your skin. Ooh. Yeah, so I kind of hot. I kind of got mine in a shady way. I don't Yeah, you did. I don't want to talk about it, but in I the park? I never got um like education classes on it or anything. So I just kind of taught myself how to put it What education classes would you need? You put it under your skin. Thanks. Bye everybody. No, it's more technical than just you don't just it's like this sensor. You don't just jab it in and then that's it like yeah you gotta do it really smooth people like you to ease it in maybe take a popper what else is happening in la what's wait what's wrong with what, what wait what i'm talking about this okay go you need to be really sensitive you go slow at first and then you might get hard and fast at the end and then finally it just releases and oh the sensing it does the sensation that's a horrible joke it's a horrible joke. Why is it on diabetes stuff you won't comment? What do you mean? I just told a whole story about diabetes stuff. Yeah, but when I make talk about diabetes, you don't comment on it. What well, what else is happening in LA? <laughs> so, okay. Whenever I go to coffee houses with friends who live on the east side of LA, which but what I mean primarily is like part of Hollywood or Silver Lake or, or Echo Park. Every single fucking time I go to a coffee house with them, like Patrick Keene or Melissa, there's this comedian there named Nick Youssef. Okay, he's kind of one of those, like, um, he's young, he's probably in his early 30s now, late 20s. Um, Middle Eastern, good-looking guy, like super hip, like Mr. Hipster. Yeah. Every single fucking time I go to these coffee houses, man, Nick Youssef is there every time. Mike, without fail, it's like you, a joke. Do you like know him? Do you talk to him? Or I know him that he's a comedian, and we like he knows I'm a comedian, but I don't really know him. But every single fucking time, man, and he's kind of taken with himself that make that bugs me even more. Sure, right? And it's always these like hip coffee houses, like you know those you know those coffee houses, but like the hip ones, you know? Yeah, and. I'm like, oh, every single fucking time. So after dinner, Melissa says, hey, there's a, a coffee house down the street from El Coyote. Let's go there and, and you know, grab something to drink or a donut or I don't know what, right? I'm like, okay. So we walk in. This place is super hip. And I say out loud, like, ugh, I'm almost <laughs> expecting Nick Youssef to be here. Melissa McQueen slaps me in the chest. <laughs> 
Because he's there. He's sitting right there? Of course he is. Thank God he was wearing, like, big headphones. Uh-huh. And so he didn't hear me. Does he just, is he just working or is he, like, doing? No, he's just sitting there. Oh, like, reading and shit like that. But, yeah, he's just sitting there. That's weird. Yeah. I'm looking at his Instagram right now, and he does have, like, coffee and donuts and... Mike, it's worse than that. They have, like, sketches of people on the walls of this coffee house. McQueen goes, look, and she points, and he's one of the sketches? Is it the occasionally awesome sketch? Oh, I don't know. I don't know about that. What is that? There's some sketch on his Instagram that's occasionally awesome with Nick Yosef and Kevin Christie. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I have to see it. Oh, he does a podcast, Joe. That's a different kind of It's All About Me podcast. It's called Occasionally Awesome. Look, you, if you see this guy, he thinks he's perpetually awesome. He's not handsome, though. Is he gay? No. He's actually, maybe his pictures aren't good. He's actually pretty handsome. I'll give him that. Okay, give him that, because that's... Like, he's, not, he's an okay-looking guy. He, he wouldn't be my type, necessarily, but he's an okay-looking guy. Um, it's just, I just He's an annoying person, and I, I think it's weird that he's at every fucking coffee shop that I go to. It's kind of funny. It's like a, I don't know, it would be like a reoccurring gag on a sitcom. So I went to the White Horse on Friday, and that's the local bar right up here, right by my house. And a couple of my friends were there. I went with one of my roommates. And then um, one of the guys there, I've talked about him before. Um, Let's call him Nick. So (laughs) Nick, um, I've told you stories about how he's like just a bitchy, bitchy queen. And um, in the past, like, I've almost felt bad for him because I started learning about his his like life and how he is like so flamboyant gay. And he gets like he'll just be walking down the street and someone yells like faggot. Like, I don't know. He just and that's in like San Francisco. He had somebody he has a convertible and somebody like threw shit at him from their truck and called him a faggot because he was just driving like he wasn't it wasn't like road rage or anything it was just somebody drove by and did that to him Mm -hmm. um so i kind of felt bad for him but then on friday he just was out in full force he was like everything was like a racial slur or he was saying this or they were saying to him no he was saying it he's just like bitter and i think that there's a reason he's bitter but like i can't be around it it was so difficult he was like saying stuff about how like he won't date black people because he doesn't need a man on welfare like whoa who does that and i just uh, it just was making me so uncomfortable at one point he like took out his phone and he was like on he was standing like shoulder to shoulder to me we were in like a circle and he took out his phone and opened grinder and all i did was move my head down to look i didn't like really do anything and he like tore into me about like his privacy and me like getting in his business and i'm like you're at a gay bar putting grinder open like right next to my face and then the worst part he we were talking about halloween costumes and i told them what i was gonna dress as for halloween and he was like uh i thought about doing that last year but i'm much too tall and handsome to do that (gasps) but you'll be okay who says that? <laughs> Who says that? Right? Okay. So basically, the whole night I was like trying to just escape from him. This The part that I hate is that the friend he came with, I like a lot. Like I really want to like talk to and hang out with because he's just like a really good person and like talking to him is fun and he's like very good at listening and um, conversation. So like he um, 
makes conversation relevant to like what he thinks you might be interested in talking about. I don't know. I really like him, but I can't be around this other guy, Nick. It's horrible. Have you tried talking to your friend about this guy and and how you don't like being around him? Um. The, well, the only thing that I really said was when Nick left, I said to my friend, I was like, how do you put up with him? Like he's exhausting. Uh-huh. And he but the the friend is just so polite and nice that he was like, Yeah, I know, he could be a lot sometimes or whatever. Well, I've found that people who are often very, very nice have terrible friends because they're the only people willing to put up with those people. Yeah, that's probably true. Now let's get back to Nick. Yeah. You would think he's cute, I think. I would. Yeah, he's like not t- he's like maybe just about six foot and like kind of thin on the thinner mm-hmm. side. Mm-hmm. And like maybe a little bit like just feminine. Like, what race is he? He's white. Cause I won't do black. Cause then I don't want a guy in welfare. <laughs> 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 no, um, I think maybe because of Nick Youssef, I kept thinking he was Middle Eastern. So in my head, I was picturing Nick Youssef, and I was sure. like, wow, Nick Youssef gets around. <laughs> um, well, this is what I was gonna say. Is I learned this through another friend, but I. F- and by the way, no one deserves to be called any kind of name ever. But I wonder how much of, you know, people attract certain elements in their life. So it's probably this weird cycle where he's mean and, and terrible towards others because people are mean and terrible towards him. Mm-hmm. But now he has this energy where he puts it out. And then so people are mean and terrible towards him because of the energy he puts out. And so it's this really weird cycle where he just keeps being mean to people. Yeah, and the, but it's weird because I was never mean and terrible to him. But yeah, he was but he's mean already to me. Like, but then that's why he attracts it. Right? Do you know what I'm saying? Because, because now I want to be mean and terrible to him. Yes, and people and he's mean and terrible, so he has that energy. Like I had a friend of mine, and I referenced this earlier. A friend of mine dated this guy who was really nice, by the way. But he was one of those people who was always afraid. He was a, a this is when we were in college. He was an aspiring filmmaker at the time, mm-hmm. and he was always afraid people were going to steal from him and and people are stealing from him, people are stealing from him. Meanwhile, he was like not stealing from other people but always in shady dealings with other people where he was trying to take advantage of other people. Mm-hmm. Well, one t- the, the, um, a certain network had a contest for a short film competition and he and some people got together and he directed it and – he, they entered this short film and you had to turn tune into the network on a certain day to see if you won. And so we all tune in and he, he won. They showed his short film. Okay. Right? Yeah. But at the end, it showed the director as <laughs> one of the guy, one of his friends. Because his friend was the one who actually turned into the, the film. <laughs> and the friend put his own name as the director. Whoa. And there was all this drama because of it. But once again, that ne- that shit never happens to me because I'm not backstabbing other people. But yeah. when you're in that universe where you're backstabbing people, you're going to get your backstabbed. Sure. You know? Well, it's kind of like the definition, in my head anyway, of karma. So, yeah. like, I don't think it's a spiritual thing. I just think that if you're the type of person that, you know, is always, like, mean and aggressive, then people are going to not want to be around it or they will – you know, be mean and aggressive back or exactly. I might've already talked about this, but we had a coworker peop, who scared the fuck out of me. And she, we used to work together, just the two of us on Saturdays. 
You're going to, fi- yeah, I mean, it's. I already figured it out, like, once you said well, coworker. Okay. And she scared the fuck out of me. And she was, like, mean and not logical a lot of times. And there was a time when I was rushing out of the office. And I thought that I backed up in, in my little truck. I thought I backed into her, like, Mercedes or BMW or whatever. And when it happened, I was like, well, fuck that. I'm not going to go up and tell her that. <laughs> like, she could deal with that. But then I was thinking, like, so what? how this relates to karma is if it was your car, you're my friend, and I you're nice to me, so I would tell you, Joe, this is what I did. We would have worked something out where I paid to fix it. But with her car, I'm like, I'm not even going to tell her I did it because she's, like, so crazy. Do you know what I mean? So I think that that's what karma is to me. Yeah. Like, you reap what you sow. The universe comes together for you. That really is kind of the basic principle of it, yeah. Sure. I, and see, that's logical, and I get that. So, yeah, this basically – and then the kicker – he's just a dick. But then, like, at the end of the night – um, well, the end of their night, they left kind of early. They're, like, saying goodbye to us, and everyone's, like, giving hugs all around. We met these, like, two lesbians that were sitting at our table and talking and smoking, and they were very nice. He gives everyone a hug, including the two lesbians he's known for, like, 20 minutes, and then he mm-hmm. doesn't even, like, say goodbye to me. I don't know. Just like weird. let me ask you. Let me ask you a different question. Um, what was the racial makeup of the group? We were the two white guys, and then both the lesbians were white, but everyone else. But they're, was but they're lesbians. Color. Yeah, that, that you're the competition. Really? You were the comp. Yes, Ew. you were another tall white guy. So whether there's competition or not, whether it exists, he's probably like that. He's probably like, well, he's another tall white queen and I'm not going to, you know? Ew, yeah, maybe. And so he has, he has to cut you down. I didn't even think of that. Oh yeah. You know That's what? So Girl, girls operate a lot on that level. Right. And it's, it's a very like, kind of like, it is weird when you're, when you're gay, you kind of float between the masculine and the feminine. Yeah. And so I've seen, now I'm not even I'm not even like a Zen master at, at girl levels, but I'm more in tune than a straight guy. Mm-hmm. You can see when girls have this weird energy around them. Yeah. You know, that weird alpha female thing. Sure. And it could be that. Interesting. I didn't even think of it that way. What's mm-hmm. happening in LA? Are there any good news stories that you want to tell me about? Anything happening? What's the haps? Um. So there was this guy named Christopher Hubbard who years and years ago – Confessed to and was convicted of 40 rapes? That he did in the cupboard? No. He did it in the L.A. and the Bay Area. So oh. it's combined. Oh, he did two. it here, too. Did it there, too. Look, you know, when you're going to rape people, you want to <laughs> spread your seed around, you know? So, uh, anyway, 40 women. He confessed to 40 of them. Okay. He's about to, he was known as the pillowcase rapist. Wait, why pillowcase? He used to put a pillowcase over their head while he raped them. Okay. Ugh, sounds like a nightmare, right? Yeah. He's going to be released from prison? I don't understand this judicial system. Why, is, is, he, why is he getting released? The times he, he served his time. Oh, because rape isn't like a... You can't, it's hard to get like... He didn't get life in prison, basically. No. So there's a big war because I guess he's intimated that he wants to move back to Los Angeles. And they're trying to keep him out of L.A. Why? Because he he's a raped 40 women. It's interesting, like... I don't know. Like, if you go to prison, that's and you're he did his time. I know this is why I, I struggle with this too. Because he has to wear an ankle bracelet for the rest of his life, and it tells him his blood sugar. <laughs> 
our prison system is supposed to rehabilitate, right? Or is it just supposed to um, punish? I don't know. Is he like a sexual predator? Like, does he have to live in a specific, like, is he not allowed to live near children or something like that? The article doesn't say that. Well, he didn't rape children. Right. I don't know, but even... Come on, he's not evil. <laughs> but if you're a sex... If you've been committed of sex crimes, yeah. I think there's, like, laws, regardless of who you commit the sex crimes against, aren't there? Yeah. Yes. A convicted sex offender, yes. So, I don't know. It's I understand why you're conflicted, because I am too. But I feel like he should be able to live his life normally in L.A. now that he's done his time. Like, if the crime he committed was supposed to punish him for the rest of his life then that's what the court would have done yeah it, he paid his debt to society and if you have a problem with that then change the system don't i mean this guy did he honored what he was supposed right. to do and hopefully he can live a semi-normal life now that he's done with you know and he feels i don't know why he'd want to live in la i'd want to move to like i'd go somewhere random like salton sea or like Yukaipa. sure somewhere where nobody knows who you are yeah. yeah, but that's like the beginning of a movie because people are like, who's this out of towner? And then they like find out who he is. Oh, yeah. Like, like imagine if he moved to like Melinda Stearns' neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> he falls in love with the sheriff's daughter. Right. He starts taking her yoga class. <laughs> By the way, this is all inside. Melinda Stearns won Catching Up with Catching Up and she lives in a small town where she runs a yoga class. That's an interesting story. There's um, uh, up here. There's this man, I guess this has happened more than once, but this was the first time they actually caught him. He caused $3,000 worth of urine damage at the San Francisco Main Library. Uh, he was arrested on Thursday because he walked to the third floor and started pissing on the philosophy of language section. And a library employee heard it and like caught him pissing on it. And they said to the news that they believe that he's been doing this for years because they keep finding... like. Um, damaged books. Mm -hmm. The guy's not homeless. He's maybe a little mentally, but he is um, like he he seems fairly normal. Like he has a home and everything like that. It's not like he's super. Now let me ask you this question: Do you think the word "piss" is like onomatopoeia kind of thing? What do you mean? I don't know what onomatopoeia means. What? You know, like when there's words that like the word is supposed to be like the sound. Like oh, got you, got you, got you. Yeah, do you think it's like that? Do you think it's like piss? Because it sounds like pee. Yeah, I think it's probably that's how it came about. Piss. Cock-a-doo-doo-doo. Yeah. Slam. I think there's better versions than that, but very famous ones. But yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, three thousand worth dollars worth of damage though. That's a lot of pee. That is a lot of pee. Yeah. Um. And I wonder how he chose his books. Do they say how he chose what kind of books he chose? Or no, he do he's done it in different sections. It's not always the philosophy of language. So there's there, like what books would you pee on? I think I'd pee on like the Sarah Palin books. Sure, of course. Or, like, Who wouldn't? Or like the, oh, the Bill O'Reilly killing Kennedy, killing this person, killing that person. I'd pee on those books or any Bill O'Reilly book, Rush Limbaugh books. I'm not a huge Tom Clancy fan, so if I had to pick a book to pee on. There seems to be a lot of them, so maybe I'd go Clancy. Oh, really? Yeah, not because hmm. I hate Tom Clancy, who just died, by the way, but yeah. because, you know, why not? You know there's that woman, Sue Grafton, she writes those, like, murder mystery books where each letter is one, like, you know, N is for... Yeah, I've read one. Oh, which one did you read? Um, oh, no, just kidding. That's Janet Ivanovich. Oh, is she the one? I thought it was Sue Grafton. Am I wrong? No, Janet Ivanovich is numbers, so I read oh. one for the money. 
And all of them oh. start with numbers. Oh, well, it'd be kind of amusing if you did P. Oh, just P on the P one. Yeah, P on the letter. Like P is for prison or whatever it's called, you know? Go to every section and just P on the P books. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a good idea. We should tell him. Yeah. So anyway, librarians, it turns out, by the way, librarians are cleaning up the, the job. And they are actually specifically trained on how to handle uh, materials such as urine. Oh, really? There's a whole protocol for wearing gloves and using sanitizer and all of that. So San Francisco mm-hmm. Library is kind of nasty, as you might imagine. Oh, really? Yeah, it's like homeless people go there a lot. So Homeless people the- love libraries, man. They love the library, I think, because it's like warm and free, right? Get on the free, internet. and they can use the internet. And I've been there where they're like looking at porn. They're just straight up; they don't care. They look at porn. Sure. Yeah. What else is happening in LA? Did you hear about this Juliana Huff? And um, is it something about racism? Yes. That that's all I know. <laughs> so you hear this Juliana Huff? She goes to this Halloween party, and she de- decides to go as her favorite. Uh, character from the show orange is the new black yeah and i guess it's this african-american character i don't know the character's name doesn't say in the article okay. um but it's a african-american characters so she goes in blackface Ugh. and you're like how do they not know that you don't go places in blackface how are they what how are they, i'm not even we're beyond whether it's right or wrong i think we can all agree it's wrong but how even if you know it's wrong do you go like this is a good idea yeah, I know uh, we've talked about blackface before specifically, and I just feel like you have to be stupid because, like, either you don't know that people are offended by it. I need to have a better conversation about exactly why it's wrong, but I know that people are offended by it, so I would not do it. Does that make sense? Yes. So you have to be stupid enough to think, mm, nobody will care about this. And... It'd be one thing if, like, it was um, some random woman doing this, but she knows people are going to be watching her. Do you know what I mean? You know what? Going back to a different conversation we had earlier, no, Mike, because it's so funny. I just saw this today on Gawker. Some randoms, and I don't know why they thought this was a good idea. Some random-ass people thought it'd be a good idea to go as George Zimmerman and Trayvon Martin. Ugh. And he's like shooting Trayvon Martin in the picture, like ha ha ha. And like this is like real blackface. This is not like Kai's wearing like black tar. It's not like he's right. wearing like brown um, makeup. He's wearing like black tar, like mammy style minstrel right. show blackface. And let's clarify though. So like, what if like if I wanted to dress as somebody for Halloween that was black? Like, there's what's wrong with that? Or is there well, anything that's wrong w- with that? Like, if I wore a costume of a person that's, like, historically black, I don't know, I want to be Beyonce for Halloween, or I want to be Michael this Jackson This is where you get into shades of, this is where you get, well, he's not black anymore, or he wasn't. Right. This is where you get into weird shades of gray, because this is sort of the argument, which is, how is this different than putting on just makeup? Do you know what I'm saying? Right. And I, and so, like, so, let's, I think we can all agree that putting on, like, black tar or black grease paint on your face, like a minstrel show, like your Al Jolson, is just wrong. Because sure. there's no black person who's that black, right? And it's just not even a reflective skin color. It's just completely out of control racist, right? But when you get into this weird, like, other territory, I just sort of feel like, I don't know, it's really, really tough. I, I, I'm looking at it more, I could, I could hear an argument where 
you could tell me, oh, you know, depends on how you're doing it. And in this certain situation, it's good or it's bad, right? But I'm just thinking if you're a person of note, why would you ever think that it's so loaded? Right. Like right now, it's still so loaded. You can't do it. She's stupid, though. She dated, quote unquote, Ryan Seacrest for like three years, by the way. Did you know that? I didn't know they dated for three years, but I know she dated him. Yeah, it was a long time. And then on top of all of that, she also was very vocal, a very vocal Mitt Romney supporter. Oh, she was? Yeah. Oh. She's just a little on that side of things, but. Yeah, and they're just very like, what's the big, what's the big deal? What's the big, her her brother is very hot though. And I don't usually like like blonde Mormony people. Yeah. But he can be in blackface all he wants. I don't even that, that don't even that doesn't even make any sense. I don't even know what that means. What he could be in blackface all he wants? Yeah, that doesn't even make any sense. I don't even know what that joke means. I mean, her brother is one of those people to me who's like really hot sometimes, and then like repulsive other times. Like he's never just like, oh, he's okay. Like I feel like sometimes he's like scary ugly. Like you know, it's so funny that you're saying that because you know who kind of looks like him, and I feel the same way. Is this um, Ronan Farrow? I don't know who that is. Okay, Ronan Farrow is Mia Farrow's son. Oh, right? that maybe is Frank Sinatra. Frank Sinatra's son. Yeah, got it. which got it, got it, got he it. is. But yeah. like in the pictures they put in the news, he's really hot. But if you actually do a Google image search and you see like a wide variety, there's an equal number of like, like no, <laughs> like he's not hot at all. We should we should maybe point out that this Juliana Huff and Derek Huff are. Probably best known for their appearances or their roles on the dance competition, Dancing with the Stars. I also believe she was in the Seminole, and I use I, I mean it both as semen <laughs> and as better, uh, you know, praiseworthy film burlesque. Oh, was she? I know she was in Footloose. She, I think she's also in Burlesque too. Oh, and I know that the the Derek kid was in the. 2006 um footloose stage version oh he was yeah and they're like totally mormon like from utah and you know what he's one of those people and there's a lot of mormons are like this like you look at him and you're like oh yeah he's mormon it's like he can't hide it he's oh yeah he looks like he look like he should he belongs in up with people or something like that um joey let me tell you a story about something that happened last sunday here in san francisco so uh, on Sunday, there's a women's marathon. It's called the Nike Marathon, right? Starts at 6.30 a.m. And they close off streets. And then they have loud music. And, like, it runs through the city. And people are pissed because, I mean, it's 6.30. The setup and everything and the music started at 5.30. The race started at 6.30. Isn't that kind of ridiculous to be closing down streets and playing loud music in front of people's homes? You're asking the wrong person. I hate it when they fucking close down streets and they do this shit and then they do it at 5.30 in the morning. I would get a flamethrower <laughs> and I would just burn everything down. Yeah. I would not put up with it. So Nike knew that this would probably be a problem. So when they set up their permit, they also set up a 800 number that allowed people to call in if they thought if they had any complaints about anything. So people who were attending, neighborhood, everything. So... The city has a, a, a telephone number, 311, if you need to complain to the city about anything. So it's always busy. And the... Um, th- oh, yeah. In San Francisco, that's the most used number ever. <laughs> so 311 was directing people to 800 Nike Run. Why don't you call Nike, tell them, you know, whatever. 1-800-NIKE-RUN, okay? So people started calling 1-800-NIKE-RUN, 
and 1-800-NIKE-RUN is a sex line? <laughs> they should have been giving them 866-NIKE-RUN, but they were giving them 800-NIKE-RUN. So all these people were calling. And what's funny is the news reporter uh, from the Chronicle actually uh, gave 311 a call. After this had already been happening, people were complaining about the sex number. He called 311, and 311 still was giving out the 800 number. So, well, because in San Francisco, you know, some you know some gay guy's like, I'm gonna call this Nike number, and then he calls and he's like, Well, first I had phone sex, yeah, <laughs> then I complained. <laughs> like they thought it was just normal. <laughs> yeah, the guy's like, What are you wearing? I'm really upset about this Nike run. Hold on. <laughs> I think a part of... And we need to do something about this. A part of the story that's missing is what happened to the people that were trying to call the sex line and then they got the Nike number? Like, <laughs> what happened to those people? They're like, uh, 1-800-NIKE-RUN. <laughs> yeah, what are you wearing, baby? Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm wearing the new Nike CrossFit trainers. <laughs> uh, they're really nice. You know, you can really... Oh, yeah? You like to put them on your feet? Yeah, they're very comfortable. Yeah, you had weird confusion like that. <laughs> But really, who calls the sex line anymore? Like, is your internet broken? Look, I'm telling you, it's old people. It's so weird. Did you know, I just saw this online, AOL, and my parents would be a part of this if I didn't stop this. AOL still draws in, I'm going to let you guess, how much money do you think they make a year from people paying for the AOL service? I would say zero. Service. I would say zero, like... <laughs> I'm surprised that they still make anything. Well, I'll tell you it's not zero, so yeah. I'll give you that hint. Well, I knew that because you wouldn't be asking. What is it? Yeah. $350 million a year. <gasps> no. Yes. From old people that are like, I don't want to lose my email address. They're still, they're st- they just probably don't know that they mean, they're like, yeah, my mom, my for a long time, my mom kept calling it the internet AOL. She thought that you needed, she thought AOL was the internet. Right. So she had to pay for it to get online. Yeah, so my brother and I stopped. We nipped that in the bud, but it wasn't that long ago. Well, like I, well, when AOL was around, that's what it was. Like it was the way you connected. Yeah. So if you didn't pay for your AOL, then you, you know, that's you couldn't get online. Yeah. No. no, no so no, no, weird. No. Yeah. How did we get on this? Oh, yeah. So it's old people. They're the ones who are still going to AOL. They're the ones who are going to the park and having an honest sex. Remember, we talked about that last week. And they're the ones still calling sex lines. Yeah, that's true. It's so funny. I don't know. So 800 Nike run if you want a good time. 1-800 Nike run. We should should call it in the mini episode. Okay. Well, how do we do that? Through Skype? We complain about the race. This race was really pissing me off. (laughs) Oh, yeah? You want to piss in my face? No, I'm pissed off. Do you go to the San Francisco library? <laughs> I'll meet you in the Sue Grafton section. And the Yosef guy is there? <laughs> Total callback. Oh, Nick Yosef? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, we just re- yeah, a bunch of callback. We wrapped it up together. <laughs> Anything else happening in LA? Or do you want to tell me about next week? Um, let's just do the story. If it's an outtake, it's an outtake. Okay. Um. At a Sam's Club out here in L.A.? Yeah. Sam's Club is like a Costco big box store, if you don't know, because they're not nationwide. Oh, they're not? Because they're owned by Walmart. Yeah, I don't think they're everywhere. Oh. Um, I could be wrong. Yeah, you could be. We'll find out on the updates and corrections for the mini episode. This man named Robert Duncan 
um, was carrying a gun in his fanny pack. Of course he was. What's yeah. It was in L.A.? Yeah. Okay. Well, outside of L.A., in Glendora. Okay. And uh, carrying a gun in his fanny pack, and it the fanny pack fell off, and the gun went off and shot him in the arm. Okay. And so he had to go to the hospital, and his, he and his wife, uh, Helen Duncan, were arrested at the hospital for carrying a concealed weapon. Um, they didn't have a permit for that, but the bullet went off, went through his arm. Well, what are your thoughts on this? Um, what do you mean? I know. Well, I know you're very anti-gun. Anti-gun. Control. Well, in Phoenix, if he was living in Arizona, he would have been fine. Uh, well, he still would have went to the hospital. They just would but... have laughed at him. That would have been a story at the bar. <laughs> well, he could have taken a gun to the bar, actually, because concealed weapons are okay everywhere unless it's posted that they're not. Oh, really? So, yeah, he would have been fine taking a gun, a concealed weapon in a Sam's Club in Phoenix. But I don't know. I just think, like, what purpose does it serve except for to shoot yourself in the arm? I don't know. I know people are like, well, nothing stops a bad guy with a gun except for a good guy with a gun. Uh, I think that's just stupid logic. Like, it just means more bullets are flying around Sam's Club. Right? Yeah. I don't know why, you, especially Glendora. We've talked about this. but Believe it or not, we've talked about the city of Glendora before on this show. But it's this sleepy little town right by my parents' house. Like, nothing goes on there. It's not dangerous whatsoever, right? Yeah. Um, And I don't know why you would think you would need a gun at the Sam's Club in Glendora. There's no crime that happens there. Well, maybe he was really worried that, like, the woman with cheese samples wasn't going <laughs> to give him one. Well, yeah. Maybe he was really, really worried that, that you know, he bought multiple boxes of fruit by the foot. He had a good 128 right. feet of fruit. Well, he, and, he was uh, worried that when he brought the pallet of pasta to his car, somebody would yeah. like try to take some. That they're yeah. going to take his barrel of pretzels that he had <laughs> and uh, take it. Um, any other news stories, Mike? No, that's pretty much it. I don't. Th- I think I just told one. I didn't. Oh no, I told the peeing guy. Just kidding. Yeah. yeah. Um, what do you have going on next week? Well, next week's Halloween, so this week was Halloween weekend, but I didn't do anything. I didn't dress up, um, so maybe next weekend I'll be going out, and then on Halloween day I'll probably be doing something. Um, I'm also carving pumpkins with Rod Kyle tonight. So, do you do you carve pumpkins, Joey? You, I feel like you're like I hate them. They're dirty and they're like complicated, and I'm bahumbugging Halloween. Am I right? You're kind of close. Look. I don't, they, you have to fucking, you have to hollow out the pumpkin, you gotta get rid of the seeds, and then, I don't know how people do these intricate designs, I don't get that, how do they do that? Yeah, I don't know either, I'm, mine are like triangle eyes. Yeah, I've okay. tried doing it in the past, and I've done the, I've seen little kits that let you do it, but then, they're so intricate, and then the pumpkin just falls apart, because it can't withstand itself, you know because right. you've basically taken up so much pumpkin. That it, like, yeah, I don't. I don't really know how people do the intricate stuff. So, but I love cooking the seeds. If anything else, I would hollow out a pumpkin just so I could have the seeds. Yeah, but why not just go buy them? No, I like them cooked at home. They're better. They're crispier. You can put more salt on them. So, oh, if I really? just did that, yeah. Hmm. If I did that once a year, then that would be enough for me to keep me happy. But then, aren't the seeds all tied up in the? In the in the flesh of the it's not like there's like some seeds and then there's just yeah you have to like clean them off Ugh. Yeah. but there's like Ugh. pumpkin residue still like they Ugh. taste different than the ones you buy in the store in a good way or a bad way oh, no I love them 
it's like a treat. I do it. I mean, I do it probably once a year and that's it. Like, no, I certainly do it once a year. Is it weird that now I have a craving for popcorn? Because you said that. Mm. I love popcorn. What are you doing this coming week? I I might be going to the West Hollywood Halloween parade. I'm not sure yet. Okay. Um... And then the day after, though, for sure, uh, we're getting together at Chris Mercedes' house, and we're going to have uh, a s'mores, and we're going to watch Sleepaway Camp. The Fun. Sem- the great cool. early 1980s horrible horror movie. Sweet. So that's what I have going on. I'm also, we should mention, on Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. Pacific, and every Wednesday from here until infinity. Joe and I are going to be recording our mini episode live. So if you want to listen live and participate in the chat room, you could go to pride48live.com. Um, it's uh, pretty easy to navigate, find the chat room. You can listen live up in the top right corner, um, 8.30 p.m. Pacific. And as a treat for everyone that comes to listen, Joe and I will record the episode live. It takes about 20 minutes, but we're on live for an hour. So we'll actually be hanging out with people in the chat room. So if you want to come talk um, please do. Pride48live.com, 8.30 p.m. on Wednesday. We should point out that you don't have to go to the chat room. You can just listen live. Yeah, but you should come in the chat room. Yeah, you should go in the chat room, ask us questions, talk to us, engage with us. And uh, yeah, so we, yeah, you're right. We do the show for the first 20 minutes and the remaining 40 minutes, we do something else. We answer questions too. So like if people want to know things that we don't want to talk about on air, we do it live. Yeah. Like Joe accidentally says the names of people that he's not supposed to say. I did? Yeah. Remember, we're like, well, that happened. Oh. Yeah. Any, anything can happen. It's live. Anything can happen. Yeah. <laughs> nice catching up with you, Joey. I'm cutting all of this out. Go to hell, Mike. Thank you for listening to another episode of Catching Up. Find a new episode each week at cupodcast.com, in iTunes, or in the Stitcher Smart Radio app. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash cupodcast. Follow us on Twitter at cupodcast. Email us at guys at cupodcast.com. Or call our listener line at 510-239-7798. Um, I mean... Um, uh, um, 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 um,